So let's talk about some things this, this evening. I, my message is hope beyond the temporal, part two, hope beyond the temporal. We are living in a day where there's just so much that's going on. When you turn on the news, it's like, wow, you know, there's always bad news there. There's some good news, but a lot of bad news, and it, it affects us. It affects us sometimes whether we know it. Uh, it still affects us to get bad news all the time, all the time. But there is good news, too, and we want to share with you the good news. One, today, if you heard any bad news, the good news was you, have, you get to come here tonight and, and worship. Yeah. Amen. And so we want to make sure that you're not putting uh, all of your emphasis uh, in living right now, uh, trying to just get everything you can get out of life right now. It's a very, very poor way to live. Yet, at the same time, the Lord wants us to, be, to plan, to make sure that you plan. You don't just uh, wake up uh, like the goose in a new world every day. You, you do plan. And planning is not faithlessness, but it's faith in God. When we talk about, again, uh, uh, hope beyond uh, the temporal, we, we're saying not that you're, you have a wish beyond the temporal, but you have faith that you are expecting God to do something beyond what you see, you feel, etc. You are expecting God. You have uh, this uh, uh, expectation and confidence that God is going to work things out for you. This is why, uh, why we must uh, continue to walk in faith with God. Also, when you talk about the temporal, you're talking about things that are pertained, uh, that pertain or that are concerned with this life. You don't want to just live uh, thinking about this life, what you're going to get out of this life. Uh, somebody says, uh, you know, that, that the person who, uh, has the most toys at the end of death wins or something like that. And somebody says, no, they're still dead. Because when you don't live for Jesus, you know, death is, is uh, a bad place to be. But when you live for Jesus, there is no real death. I mean, uh, there is what the Bible started to call it sleep. In other words, that the body sleeps, sleeps not the soul, but the body sleeps, not the soul. You, you are conscious here, and then you are conscious there. You are aware there. God wants you to know that. So the things that you, you encounter in this life, the difficulties, it's not over. And so don't, don't have all of your hope in the here and now. Now, we're not fatalists. We don't just throw up our hands and say, well, what's the use? But we do try to make things better, make someone's life better. Let, let somebody say, I'm better because he lived or she lived. That's how we want to live. And uh, when we talk about the temporal or the or temporary things, we're talking about things of this world, things of this world, hope beyond this world. Hope beyond also worldly things. So any thinking that is not of God and from God is worldly thinking. As we said to you the last time we shared this message, that, that worldliness is not just going to the bars and doing all the crazy stuff and living a raucous life. Worldliness is anything that is not of God, that does not pertain to God. Your own will, your own way, that can be worldliness. Also, when you talk about the temporal, 
you're talking about something that endures for just a time. So you don't want to invest the life that God has given you here, invest it all in this, that, this life that only endures for a brief time. It only endures for a brief time. So God wants you to, to take inventory and do everything you can to prepare for the next life. Live now like you're going to live forever. This is what God wants of that. So this is, this is the temporary state. This is not the eternal and permanent state. So you want to live like I'm going somewhere. You know, this is a, a transitory uh, existence. I'm, I'm passing through. This is how you must live. And don't let anyone deceive you into putting everything in this life. And then lastly, when you talk about the temporal, you're talking about that which opposes eternity. You know, that which opposes uh, eternity. And so let me share a few things with you from the scriptures in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. Uh, I, I love these scriptures. And the scripture reads, by faith Abraham obeyed. The first thing we want to do is live a life of obedience to God. This is very important. You, you hear these things over and over. But have you noticed that, that when something suddenly comes upon you, you sort of forget for a moment, for a moment oh, wait a minute, I, I have to live this life for God. I have to live a, an obedient life to God. I can't allow situations and circumstances to knock me off track. You know, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. He obeyed. And so when God calls you out of the world, he gives you something to do. It doesn't matter how small it seems to you. It's important if God gave it to you to do. And so we, he obeyed. So God called us out. He didn't call us out to wrestle with us for the next 40 or 50 years to getting us to obey. So God wants us to obey. The first thing you can do is obey. As my uh, brother Elliot uh, shared with us when Michael was born and and he said to our dad that, uh, I don't know, I don't know what, what I'm going to, I've got a son. I got so excited. I got a son. I got a son. So beautiful story. I got a son. I don't know what to teach him. He said, well, you can't teach him anything until you've taught him to obey. And, and, and you and I, our progress is retarded when we don't obey. When we have an, an obedience issue or problem, you will not grow well. You will not grow healthy. And so he goes on to say, and he went out. Now, this is what, you, you don't go out. You don't follow the Lord. If you're going to have hope beyond this life, you can't pick and choose what you're going to believe God for. You, you can't pick and choose. That's what he did. And he went out not knowing where he was going. He obeyed. God said, go. He started going, not knowing where he was going. Have you ever just obeyed God because you knew it was the voice of God and you just obeyed God? You didn't know all the particulars about it, but you obeyed God. When you have to know everything before you obey, it's not biblical obedience. So you, you, you hear the voice of God and you do, all right? And he says here, he went out not knowing where he was going by faith. So he, faith sees. Some, some people call it faith, blind faith. I don't, know, no, I don't think faith is blind at all. Faith sees beyond the temporal. Faith sees beyond the negative situation you may be encountering. Faith sees beyond your present, as it were, sickness, if that's a sickness, or mental anguish. It sees beyond that. So by faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. 
it is so wonderful that, that Abraham uh, stayed, uh, dwelt in tents with Isaac and with Jacob, it, uh, heirs of the same promise. It's like God is saying, okay, if you are, since you are, not if, but since you're a person of faith, I want you to inculcate this same faith in those who are coming after you. Let's inculcate this faith in our children, our children's children. And if our children should be a bit obstinate, and don't, don't say your child isn't obstinate if the child is obstinate. Okay, don't be saying, well, I just don't, I can't say that with my child. Well, you can't say what God says. You know, you say that. But then you begin to inculcate. You don't let that be the final thing. You keep uh, inculcating. You know, as I shared with you, my dad didn't know the word inculcate probably, but he knew the word drum it. He'll drum it into you, you know. So you can, if you have to drum it into them, drum it into them. But, but this is what he did. He, he gave his faith to Isaac. And, and to Jacob, and then Isaac gave it to Jacob and, 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 and the patriarchs. That's just how that happened. And they had faith that, was, that saw beyond the temporal. Now, our children, are our children getting that kind of faith? Are they getting that kind of faith from us? Are they seeing us go through difficulties and continue being undaunted by the difficulty, undaunted by the difficulty, continually going forward regardless of the negative things that are happening. Do you need perfect circumstances to be faithful to God? Do you need that? You have to ask because you're now living in the craziest time of my lifetime. I've never seen it like it is today where we are seeing biblical prophecy, I believe, being fulfilled. Wars and rumors of wars. Not just little skirmishes, but the craziest things. And for no reason, no good reason. But now be careful, be careful, because when you have hope beyond the temporal, all your eggs, as it were, are not in the temporary basket. They're just not there. And I say that because one of my biggest heartbreaks is to see Christians acting so unchristian. Yeah, it's, it's tough for me. So you pray for me, all right? It's a tough thing to see people. And to see people that you know, that you've known for years and you thought they were with you. But when certain pressures come, they depart. They depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. That's what happens. So you and I must have faith and hope beyond the temporal. That is an expectation of God. Hope beyond says I've got an expectation that God's going to show up. Amen? Amen? Okay, so he says here, for he, Abraham, waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So he had, he had this glimpse of something that was beyond the temporal. He had a glimpse. He had an, a, a, a vision of something. A, a vision is not just some uh, crazy thought or idea, but it is something from God. You have a vision. I remember before this church ever existed, we had a vision of it. We had a vision. It wasn't, it wasn't normal. But you look around, just look around. It was, this wasn't even normal. And, 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 and God says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this and this. And, and you, you're looking, you're proof of it. I'm not talking about just bodies. I'm talking about people from so many different, different nations worshiping together as one and loving God and serving God and having their mind, as it were, stayed on Jesus, remain on Jesus, regardless of what the world is doing. That's phenomenal. It wasn't seen when I was a young man or boy. Come on. So, so don't think this is just something. And get rid of your own ideas and, just, and, and live in God's ideas, as it were. Get rid of your own ideas. 
trade them in. In Hebrews 11, 13, um, I, 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 I'm going to start it in 13. It says, these all died in faith. So you, you, the faith that you have in God, you want to keep it not just till, uh, 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 until the day of the death, but even through it. Yeah, you, you want to keep it all the way through. You want to, you, when you die, you want to die holding on to the promises of God. Because the thing about the promises of God, they don't come because you've done this and, and, and all of those things. I don't, I don't think so. I think the promises of God are going to come. All, your, your responsibility is to, is to hold on in faith. I believe you. I believe you. You don't have to make something happen. No, if God promised it, he's going to perform it. Yeah, that's just the way it is. God's going to give you a great life. And, and so it doesn't matter uh, what you say, well, I didn't get it. Maybe I, I didn't hear. No, I heard from God. And you have heard from God. You know, you've heard from God. That's why you are here. And listen to what he says. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They were what? Strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So they realized that this was temporary and they were passing through. They were, as it were, transiting through. We need to understand that. We need to understand that many of us, I would say even all of us, have been affected by some kind of propaganda. It's worldly propaganda where, where the enemy, Satan, wants you to believe his propaganda rather than the word of God. The amazing thing about this, of course, is, this is my new Bible, I guess. But, but the word of God are, uh, is the words of God. This, the Bible uh, is the words of God. That's what it is, the words of God. So you and I want to speak the words of God. So when you read your Bible and you're quoting it, you're quoting the words of God, the eternal one. That's our responsibility is to, as it were, speak into the, uh, into the atmosphere that our words, the words of God, would take the wings of the wind and go to the farthermost parts of the earth. That's what our responsibility is, not to believe what they say. An old friend of mine said to me years ago, he said, you know, they said, and I heard, are the two biggest liars in the world. <laughs> now listen, so, so listen, now let me go back again. They all died in faith, not having received the promises. They didn't personally receive them. But having seen them afar off. Have, what have you seen that's afar off? Are you myopic? But uh, faith sees. They saw them afar uh, off. And when they saw them, they were assured of them. So then what did they do? They embraced them. And what else did they do? They confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth, that this was not the permanent place. They, like the father of faith, Abraham, they were looking for something. He waited for the city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So you and I want that which comes from God. So I'm saying don't be distracted. And don't fear the world. And don't fear an evil report. Let's continue in those things that God has given to us. Look, look at verse 14. 
He said, for those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. So he's saying that when you and I walk in this faith, we are saying something by walking in faith, believing God, we seek a homeland. Now listen. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now, they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. You and I have been brought out of a type of Egypt. We were brought out. We came. He brought us out to bring us in. So then he has brought us out of the natural to bring us into the spiritual. So we must have hope beyond what we see and feel. When things don't work out perfectly, you're not a failure if you have eyes of faith that can see afar off and see what Abraham saw. This is what God is doing. He's refocusing us. Um, let me just take a few more of my minutes. So I've got some more minutes left, and I've got, I'll add some more to it. But, you know, when you and, you and I are, are in an amazing place with God, we don't have to yield to the pressures of the world. We really don't have to. I'm saying these things because I am seeing every day there's a new problem. Somebody coined an expression, a new level, new devil. And, uh, you know, it, it became cliche. But, boy, that's so real. It's just so real. The more you grow, the, 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 the more that there is to deal with in the enemy's camp. And so this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Don't let anybody rob you. Don't let them deceive you through, through their opinions and their philosophies. Don't let them do that because we've all been propagandized in some way. All of us have. All of us have. If you're sitting and say, not me, oh, you're the very one. Are you with me? So why am I saying this? Because I want to snatch those out of the fire who are, who are being burned by the world's agenda and plans. So he says here that these people would have had an opportunity to return, but they desire something better that is a heavenly country. I want to finish well, and I want you to finish well. So let us refocus. Let us refocus. We're not going to say, oh, no, no, don't go home and just, you know, smash your house now and say, well, Pastor says, you know, we're looking for a new house, you know. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm, what I'm saying is if, you're, if all of your faith, if everything you've got is tied up in the temporal, you're going to be severely disappointed. You may be one of those persons that Paul talks about. He describes as um, somebody who, who has invested uh, not in the kingdom but all in this world, this world, and then uh, when, when the Lord comes, they are saved as by fire. That is, the description is like a house that's burning down and you are running out with just what you went to bed in. And then on the way out, the fire may burn some of that or all of it off. And then you can imagine the picture. You know, let's don't go too far, but let's imagine the picture. You know, what I'm saying is then you, you get to heaven and everybody has all these crowns, or so many have these crowns to throw at, at, at the Lord's feet, to cast them at the Lord's feet and say, you are worthy, you are worthy, Lord, and you're just there. You know, that, that's what he is, he is speaking of. So there's hope beyond this stuff. Do not invest everything here. All right. Let me go on. It says, so as a result of those people who have hope beyond the, 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 temporal, the temporal and have faith to believe what is not seen with the naked eye, this is what he says. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. 
You know, Jesus tells us that, that, he will, that, that he will be ashamed of those when he comes who really denied him, those who did not really, uh, those who were not full-throated, those who did not fully participate in what he offered. He'll be ashamed to say, to, to confess you before his father. Isn't that amazing? So he says here, therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So God has prepared something for you greater than the temporal. So don't put all of your faith in, in this life. Then he says, you know, the song says, uh, Brother James was singing tonight, uh, the one uh, the stanza says, there's a faith that stands defiant. Sins go lieth to his knees. You know? There's a faith that stands. So, so there's a faith that says, it doesn't matter what the enemy is saying or doing. I'm going to stand with God. It doesn't matter how many arrows I've taken. I'm standing with God. That's what the Lord wants from us. And, then the, and the Bible goes on to say that, that um, in Hebrews 11:24 says, by faith Moses, when he became of age. Now, have you, have you uh, come of age yet? Have you come of age? Have you reached a maturity yet? Are you a mature believer? Or are you still a nepios, a little baby, a little baby, a little bottle baby? Or are you, are you a, a, a technon, a kitty? Or are you a weos, a weos? A weos is a mature son, one, one that can do the family business, can take care of the family business. Are you ready to do the family business? Are you ready for daddy to say, come on, son, let, let me tell you how these, this, this thing works. Are you ready for that? Or do you just think you're ready? This is a question because all of the things that are going on in the world are, are, are here to try to take your faith from you. That's what they're here. here. The enemy's attacking you to take your faith. Let's look at Hebrews 11:24. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I refuse for the world to, to take any credit for anything God has done in me or through me. I refuse to be a, a son of this world. I refuse to be a child of this world. I'm, I'm a, my heavenly father's son. Purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen to what he says. And uh, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. This is amazing, isn't it? So he refused. He refused um, to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. No, no, I don't want to be that. And so when he, when he made that decision that he was not of the world, he's, he, he, that was a choice to suffer affliction with the people of God. Have you made such a choice that the world knows who you are? Have you shown that you have hope beyond this world? That the world knows who you are. This is what he did. That he chose to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Now, this is what he did. Esteeming the reproach of the reviling of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. So he thought, boy, I, I would rather be on God's side, on the on the on God's people's side. I would rather suffer that. It's greater. It, it's more honorable to suffer with those that are disesteemed than, than the world because those things that are, that are esteemed in the sight of the world are an abomination to God. So what the world ca calls success and greatness, they, they're like a, an abomination to God. That's why John the Baptist was such a, a, a great person as our sister read so beautifully today. John the Baptist, I mean... He looked, it looked like he needed help with his wardrobe. 
I mean, you know, the guy didn't seem like he didn't know how to dress. He certainly wouldn't have been on GQ. You know, he wouldn't have been. And, uh, I mean, I, I would not have wanted him to invite me to dinner eating locusts. You know, I mean, I don't want stuff like that. But, but he, there was no, no man uh, born of women that was greater. Amen. Greater. And as you noticed in the article reading that, that our sister read, but, but we now, God cons considers us born of God. Amen. So that, that what sets us apart. We're born of God. So, so amazing, so mighty. So, so let us take this, this, uh, uh, this cause up and walk this cause out. And, and let us be brave and bold, not arrogant and nasty, but, but bold in our faith, not, not being wishy-washy, knowing, knowing, we've been telling you this for a, a, a good while, knowing that we're in transition, knowing that we're in transition. Let's be bold. And let's, let's look at a couple of other things. He, by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing, now listen, he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He saw him who is invisible. He saw God working. Have you seen God working? We've seen God working. I've seen God working in your lives. I've seen God doing mighty things in your I've seen God maturing you. I've seen God healing you. There's hope beyond this. Don't let anybody deceive you. There's much hope. This is not the real thing. So what God gives me, I use it for his glory. I use it for his glory because I, I am looking past the temporary. Amen. I am, we are pilgrims. We are in transit going through because we are looking for something much greater. And when you go to the book of Revelation, you see amazing things. You see amazing things. You see this new Jerusalem coming down. I mean, this is amazing. It's so stupendous. It's so powerfully beautiful that John, does, he runs out of superlatives. He, he runs out of superlatives. He, you know, John, what, what, what does it look like, John? What, what, what are the streets like? He said, man, I don't, uh, uh, gold, gold. They, 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 they're like gold. Well, what? The, the gates of the city, they were so beautiful. How beautiful, John? He said, mm, like a pearl, like, a, like, like, like the most beautiful pearl you've ever seen. And he's describing because it's otherworldly. And God is saying, don't fix your hope here. Fix your hope there. That's what he said to all of us. All of us. All right. All right. All right. I see you behind me. <laughs> so... Let me just finish now. Lord God, thank you for the message tonight. Thank you for saying things to your people that's beyond the hope, beyond rather hope in this world. Uh, the, the apostles were reviled. They were talked about. They were persecuted. They were defamed. They were maltreated. Um, but they endured it because they saw something. And uh, as Paul said, our citizenship is in heaven. We, we, we appreciate our natural citizenship, but that's not it. No. You know, it's like the man who was, uh, Lord, the story I heard about the man who was uh, in the army picking up paper and was saying, this isn't it, this isn't it, until finally the psychologist says he'd lost his mind. And they gave him, the, the story goes, they gave him his discharge and says, this is it. I pray that, Lord God, that we would not just look and, and see, oh, this world is some place we want to stake our claim for eternity. 
everything the world offers, we say, this is not it. This is not it. And we go to the Word of God and we say, this is it. This is it. You have greater things for us. You have greater things for us. We just thank you so much for who you are and what you've done. And we just say that if in this life only we have hope in you, we are of all men most pitiable, most miserable, having made the worst decision possible. But we are not those. We're those who believe to everlasting life. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen.